Hi, and welcome to Unquenchable Hope. I'm Luanne Botta. And I'm Marianne Crum. We know it's hard to hang on to hope in a world that sometimes seems bent on stealing it, but it's not impossible. So stay tuned as we tackle all kinds of issues and talk about how, you know, no matter what this world dishes out, you can live with unquenchable hope. Hi, this is Marianne. Next week, Luann and I will officially begin the second season of Unquenchable Hope, and we'll have a brand new episode to share with you. But today, we want to revisit the third of three episodes we did on the Father Heart of God. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the parable of the prodigal son and how it shows us so many great things about the gracious, loving heart of our Heavenly Father. Okay, I just wanted to first give a story. This is actually quite a a testimony, and it's a redemptive story of something God had done for my life through my father. My dad, once he kissed me on the cheek when I turned 30 and said, I hope I'm not too late, he never stopped loving me. He was just amazing, and it, it broke all the heartache that I had experienced prior to that between our relationship. It just broke it. So then when my father, he ended up with dementia to a point where he was forgetting my name, forgetting who we were when we walk in the house. He would just be very mm-hmm. joyful all the time and say, hi, and just never say your name. Right when he was really starting to get a little bit worse, I began to say to the Lord, I cannot do this. I, I, I can't come to this house. I cannot see him in this, in this way. I, I just can't. And I said, God, unless you do something, I can't come here. This is too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, my father and I were very close. And to see him almost like a little boy, I couldn't do it. And so I said to the Lord, you're going to have to do something. Well, I had gone back to my parents' home. And I spent the day with my dad and my mom, and my dad walked me to my car when I was leaving. He always would do that. He always walked me to my car. So there was still that part of him that was remembering. And so I drive away, and as I'm driving away, he starts walking into the middle of the street. And I'm looking at him out of the rearview mirror, and it's so vivid, I can still see it. And I said to the Lord, what is he doing? And he just stood in the middle of the street and watched me as I was driving away. And he stood there, and I kept looking out of the rearview mirror. He stood there until he couldn't see my car anymore. And then I finally saw him walking, and he looked like a little figure because it was far enough away. And no other car had passed, nothing. It was just on his street, and I didn't see him anymore. And I pulled over and just sobbed, and the Lord said to me, you will never see him like this again. This is your earthly father who has always loved you. And he always will. But you're now going to see him as another person. And you will love him in a different manner. But he's always loved you. And from that incident, the rest of the time that I ever walked into, into their home, I never felt that brokenness that it wasn't my dad anymore. Because God had already given me a vision that he's gone. And that you were always loved by him. But this father that you will have now needs to be loved also. And I had the best time with my dad as he was walking through his dementia. They asked the same questions a million times over and over. I never yelled at him. I never said, Dad, I just told you that. I would just repeat the story (laughs) no matter what it was. I recorded us talking on their porch so often. My dad was very loving, very happy. 
but the man that I knew as my earthly father, God allowed that healing to happen. Did you have a sense that it was almost like the reins being handed over to someone else to be in that role, like to God? Well, then all of a sudden God became very real to me as being my father. Yeah, exactly. And that began, that's good. And that began to change for me. Because then I realized, and the Lord's showing me, I've been here all along for you as your father. Mm-hmm. I was always here. That's so, so I'm saying that story of my father watching him in that, in that mirror and knowing that I had always been loved and then going into the father's love. I wrote this down from what this gentleman said in this book. And again, I don't know the, the author. He said, the transforming love of God can't be understood just by reading a book. It has to be revealed to you. And his love was revealed to me and my father in that that instance for me to let go of my earthly father and the way I knew him and then embrace the love of the father. Sometimes we don't really know how much we depend on, for example, your earthly father, mm-hmm. uh, my father's gone as well until they're not there. Yes. And then you, there's this hole yes. there. But what you're saying is that God came in. Well, yes, because I couldn't go to the house. Yeah. I could not watch him that way. I just couldn't. Mm -hmm. It was too hard. And I knew I was never going to golf with him again. I knew we weren't going to have those times. I I used to garden with him. We had a wonderful relationship. And I knew that it was changing and I couldn't handle it. And then God allowed me to see my father's love for me. He let me see it. And then he transferred it to his love. And then I was able to be there with my dad, not knowing who I was. And the last episode, we talked about the orphan spirit and that contrast. And and sometimes if people have had that kind of earthly love, but don't have the love of Father God, if you don't know that and aren't living in that, when you lose Mm -hmm. people on this earth, it's devastating. Yes. Yes. I mean, it can just leave this huge hole. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all grieve, but I think that's why Paul said that we don't grieve as the world grieves. Yeah, that's right. Because God can come in and fill some of those holes. That's right. That picture of your father standing there reminds me of the story of the prodigal son. Yeah. I mean, what a poignant picture in Luke 15. And I'm sure most of you are familiar with that story. Two sons in the family. One of them, the, the younger son, yeah. just wanted his inheritance and he wanted to go to the big city. And asking for his inheritance was so insulting in that culture. Yes, it it was. was almost like saying, I wish you were dead. Mm-hmm. But the father let him go. Mm-hmm. And God will often let us go. Yes, he will. He, he gives you what you want, but adds leanness to your soul. So the young son goes to the city, he blows all his money, he yep. loses all of his fake friends, he ends yeah. up feeding pigs in the pig pen, and then he wants to go home. But at that point, he feels like he can't. Mm-hmm. He feels like he, he can't go home. He, he does go, but when he gets there, the father just lavishes all this grace on him and yes. throws a party for him, puts the, the signet ring on his finger, yeah. which indicates you're back, his you're royal. in the family, mm-hmm. puts his robe on him. And it's almost like the son can't handle that much grace. No, just just let me be a servant. Yeah. And then you've got the older brother who's mad that the father lets the younger son come back. And yeah. so you, there's all kinds of characters so in this story mm-hmm. that we can possibly relate to because some people are like the younger son. Yes. At the beginning, who mm-hmm. just don't really care what God wants. They don't really care that they're insulting God. They just mm-hmm. want what they want. They're, yes. they're living without an awareness of God, without a love for him. And God will let them do that. Yes, 
he'll let us, even if it's not good for us, it, well, look at this story. Obviously, mm-hmm. it turns back around, but I think that's why we have to be real yeah. careful. He gives of, us oh, free will. That's right. And that's he what's created people gracious with free will. So. To do that. I think with the biggest part with the prodigal is when he realized, it says it came to his senses. Mm-hmm. So when he really came to the understanding and saying, wait a minute, you know what? The servants in my father's house are eating better than I am. Yeah. I mean, he's eating pig slop. But I think the greatest part of this story, and I love it so much, he begins to map out what he's going to say to his father, that I was this, I was that, and just, I'm sorry. And his father never gives him the chance to say mm-hmm. it. That is so I know, awesome. I love that too. That is so amazing. That is the father heart of God. He just cared that he was came he home. Was back, right. And another part I love is that it says that he was out looking yes. when he saw the sun from a distance, which chills. means he had to be looking every day. And then he hiked up his robe, which in their culture, an older man, from what I've read, did not do that. And he did not run. He did not run. But there was that great old song. God God ran. ran. I know. I love (laughs) that song. Ladies, if you do not do anything else with any of this, you need to listen to two songs, When God Ran and Cody Carnes' Run to the Father. Seriously, when yeah. God ran, I've used that in talking about the fathers, yeah, the forgiveness too. of God and the heart of God. It's an amazing song. You visualize that father running because mm-hmm. that is the father's heart of God. He didn't scold him for leaving. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything but love him and bring him back into his home, yeah. into the home. And I think that son was so shocked. Because he still was ready to say, no, I don't, I don't deserve any of this. No, I'm willing to do this, this. And the yeah, father's yeah. like, no, that's who he is. How many of us are living in the barn yeah. because we don't feel worthy to come into the house? That's right. God's heart is that we would be in the house with him. That's exactly right. And we don't know. There is no time frame of this, of how long that mm-hmm. young man was gone. Right. And so we don't know how often the father was waiting. But you, you just said it. He was watching for him. Yeah. So in his heart, he was believing he'd be home. Mm-hmm. But we don't know if that was a few years. We, we, we don't know if it was 10 years. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say the time frame of that. But that father was watching just as the father does with us. He's wanting us to say, okay, I've had enough. I want to come home. And even if it's in the way we are trying to fix something, like we talked about in the last thing about striving or trying to fix mm-hmm. something or whatever and say, God, I've had enough. I, I, I want to come back to you. I want to trust you with all of this. And I, I just want to come home. And he's waiting. He's waiting. That and he doesn't say, "Okay, you can come home, and we'll try this <laughs> no, for a no, week." Correct. But you've got to live out in the barn. That's right. Until I see that you've straightened That's up. Right. No, right. Yeah. Right. He let's kill the fatted calf. Let's have a party. And okay, so we're talking about the prodigal coming home. We're not even talking about the second son yet. Well, but mm-hmm. so far we just have the prodigal. Mm-hmm. And his reaction, he's shocked that he's receiving this kind of uh, embrace. Mm-hmm. And then the father is saying to him, as he says to all of us, I have never taken my eye off of that road waiting for you to come home. Mm-hmm. I am waiting for you to come home. And that is his, again, his love for us. And he probably smelled like pigs. Oh, can you imagine? He probably has this beard. I'm thinking he looks like scrawny. Yeah, like a homeless Homeless dude. I heard Jensen Franklin talk one time and talked about the prodigal mm-hmm. son. He goes and he's buying drinks for everybody and mm-hmm. you know what that kind yeah. of thing. He's just partying. He's got women. He's partying. He's doing everything that he thought he wanted. 
And then the next thing you know, he has nothing left. So I'm thinking, and he's running to the father. He is scrawny and he does smell. He probably lost weight. Who knows how long it was that he had lost everything. So obviously people, and you said fake friends. So obviously those who were with him in his sin were no longer with him anymore. Right. He didn't have, he ran out of money. Which is what happens. It's exactly what happens. And I I was thinking, you know, that younger son, not only did he insult his father by saying, give me my inheritance, the whole thing of him saying he wanted to go to a distant land, he was looking for something. He didn't realize what he had, where he was, but that's what he came to. He said, my my father's servants are eating better than I am. Sometimes people get away from God and they just feel like there's no coming back. They, They feel like they have insulted God the way this son insulted his father. And and then they assume that means God's slammed the door on him. And that's right. And, and that is, that not, is true. not true. Well, I looked up the chorus to When God Ran. Oh, yeah. And it says, can I just read the first verse yeah, in the chorus? Okay, it says, Almighty God, the great I am, immovable rock, omnipotent, powerful, awesome Lord, victorious warrior, commanding king of kings, mighty conqueror. And the only time... The only time I ever saw him run was when he ran to me, took me in his arms, held my head to his chest and said, my son's come home again, lifted my face, wiped the tears from my eyes. With forgiveness in his voice, he said, son, do you know I still love you? He caught me by surprise when God ran. It says, the day I left home, I knew I'd broken his heart. And I wondered then if things could ever be the same. Then one night, I remembered his love for me, and down that dusty road ahead I could see, it was the only time, it was the only time I ever saw him run, as when he ran to me and mm. took me in his arms. Is that good? That, no, it's Makes great. Makes me want to cry. I have not heard that song, and we both said it at the same time. It came to both of us. I just happened to listen to it not too long ago. I don't know. It was just listen to this old Philip Craig and Ding Oh thing. yeah, and that yeah. was on there, and it reminded me again. Oh, such, a great, such a great, so much good. Truth it's a great in there. visual. He yeah. runs. Yes, you've got the older brother who gets really ticked. Yes, the father has welcomed the younger son back. One of the things that jumped out at me when I was rereading this was just that the father also went to that yes. brother who wouldn't come into the party yes. and tried to convince him to come in. Mm-hmm. So I think that when when either we feel like we're not worthy to be in the Father's house, we're not worthy of His forgiveness, or we're coming from the other side and we feel like we've done everything right, yeah. doesn't that count for anything? Either one of those is just a misunderstanding right. of God's grace. Mm-hmm. That I mean, we can't do enough to be worthy in the Father's house. That, that older brother, the Father didn't love him because he did everything everything right. That's he right. loved him because he was his son. That's right. That's yeah. right. And Same his, with the younger son. That's it. And that was his misconception. Yeah. And the father needed to tell him and show him that same thing. He said, everything I have is yours. You know, yeah. all of this is yours. Well, we, we can look at that as siblings or whatever, but you could see how he would respond saying, hey, wait a minute, I've done everything and here he is. He went off yeah. and got his inheritance and he blew it all and you accepted him back. But we do that. We'll say, God, look at that one. Look what they're doing, and yet look how much you're blessing them. 
<laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we'll do that. But the Father's heart is He runs to us both. Yeah, He pursues. Yes. God pursues us. It's such a picture of grace, whichever one of these characters yes. that we can most identify with. But the whole point is the relationship. Yes, it it's is. It's not about the performance or the lack of performance. That's right. It's, it's that God loves us mm-hmm. because we're His children. That's right. We're created to be that. He'll never not love us. No, there's nothing that we can do. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it must feel like for him, truly. And we all, we've we've done this. When we run from him, we won't run to him in a circumstance. We run away. And he's always sitting there like, why? You know, so even even in not trusting his love for us, and we would be fearful of his love or fearful to to say, God, I'm I need to talk to you for a second here because I've really messed up. Mm. And so I think, wonder what it feels like for him when he's just longing, just like we would long for, you know, your child, or I would long for one of my nieces or nephews or for a very good friend Mm -hmm. to be able to say, Lou, I, you know, I just need to say I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Someone to just do that. You just want him to come back into the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what God wants. Yeah. One of the most iconic pictures from the 60s was a picture of John F. Kennedy when he was president, and mm. he's sitting there at his oh. presidential desk, the Resolute desk, and his little son, John John, is peeking out from this secret <laughs> compartment that's in the front of that <laughs> yeah, desk. Yeah. And to me, that captures so perfectly what we're trying to say here, that yes, God is all-powerful. Mm-hmm. He's all those things that it, were in the beginning of that song. And yet he's also our tender father. Yes. Just like little John John's playing there at the feet of the most powerful man in the world. And I know we all remember that. Everybody has seen that picture. Yeah. That is a great analogy. And that's us. It is us. God just wants us to play at his feet. (laughs) Yes. I don't think it was ever meant to be this way that what has happened. Obviously, it's been because of the fall Mm -hmm. that we have such a misunderstanding of God and misunderstanding of his heart. It all came from the fall because it was not to be this way. He wanted a family there was this love that we understood yeah. his love and his embrace. And he came down and walked with Adam and Eve yep. in the garden, literally walked with that's them. Right. That's what he wanted. That's what he wanted. And that's what we'll have again. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's what Jesus came to buy for us. That's exactly. We can have that, obviously. We're, everything we talk about and bringing back hope into all of this is we can walk with the Father here on earth. Mm-hmm. We just really can. I want that. I, I know that we can. And it's not going to be perfect because we live in such a fallen world. So obviously there's going to be things back and forth, but we still can come back to that that rest. One of the things that makes me realize how desperately I need to grow in this is that I think about as I get older, how am I going to be when I can't do all the things that uh, yes. mm-hmm. even ministry things? Yes. Am I going to go crazy because I am so much of a doer and a, yes. a striver, yeah. <laughs> not in a necessarily a good way, but if all that was taken away, I've had little short periods of time after a surgery or something when I couldn't do what I usually do, yes. and it is hard. Mm-hmm. It is hard. And to so stop. I realized that in 20 years, I'm going to be 84. Am I going to still be able to to feel like I'm useful? And then what? Am I going to feel like a separation from God because I'm not able oh, no, to no, do no. for him. No, no, no. Cause there you go. That's that. I know. No, 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 no. I know. I know that will, but you know, you'll have your, you already have your grandkids, but I, no, I, I watched my mom. Okay. My mother is 89 years old. 
every single person that she ever speaks to, it doesn't matter who they are. And I know she makes some people mad because she just says it so often. She will talk about the unborn to every single person that she sees and the, the evil of abortion at 89 years old. Every every person. <laughs> she goes to the grocery and store I, and talks to oh, people she, if, if they're abortion. If she's talking about how they're doing, how's everything going, and she'll always bring it up. <laughs> we have to always make sure that, that we are defending the unborn. She says it no matter what. Oh, yeah. So it is never going to die. The central thing needs to be the central thing, oh, which yes. is this relationship mm-hmm. with our Heavenly Father, that's because right. that will never be taken away. That's, that that's, no. will always be there. That's yes. the thing that will yes. go into eternity. Yes. Well, I mean, we won't be doing ministry in eternity or... I no, mean, we won't need, well, we we won't won't need, need to. to in the same way. So <laughs> it's going to be about... I can't wait. I wonder the what we're going to be doing all day. Well, that's another topic for another day because I, I, I have some I, thoughts on that one. <laughs> I know I can't even get you started on that. No. But we serve an amazing father. And I know that he is running towards you. Any Anyone out who is sitting here listening and saying, there's no way after what I've done, that is not the truth. It is not the truth. It is not the truth. It is not the truth. We know that the father runs. We know that now. Mm-hmm. If we didn't see that before, we've just read it in scripture. He will run just to meet you where mm-hmm. you are. With his arms stretched Wide out. open and never question why you walked away. Yeah. You don't even have oh. to go through your litany of uh, apologies. Her, no. Oh yeah. my goodness. He, that just amazes me. That mm-hmm. is his father's heart. He didn't do that with the woman that was caught in adultery. When he, when the men finally walked away because they knew they were just as guilty of sin, he did not say to her, I told you, you shouldn't have been. He mm-hmm. never did that. He simply told her, where are your accusers? They're nowhere sir, is what she said. And then he said, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. He just told her, don't live like this. I don't want you, you don't have to live this way. He never condemned. That is not the Father's heart. You're going to read a scripture in a minute. Can I just read this quote? Oh, please, go. I wanted to include this quote from Greg Laurie, who's pastor of Harvest um, Church in California. It says, our lives are not some meaningless creation made by a disinterested creator. Mm -hmm. Even though God does not need us, He is still intensely interested in our lives. He deeply and tenderly loves us beyond comprehension, not because he has to out of need, but because he chooses to out of love. Love that. That is so good. He chooses. He chooses to love us. Yeah. And he's going to never not do that. Kathy Tricoli actually has a song that it's called A Love That Won't Walk Away. It's a great song. So ladies, let me just end with this scripture. And I'm telling you, if there is a scripture that you can sit in there and put your name to, please do it to John 17. It really has a lot of life in it. It says on verse 11, it says, this is Jesus talking. He says, I am no longer in the world and yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me that they may be one, even as we are. And then he says, while I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me. And I guarded them and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition so that the scripture would be fulfilled. And then here he says, but now I come to you and these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word 
and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And he loves and he loves us, us the way he loved Jesus. That's exactly right. All right. Amen. Amen. We pray you've been encouraged today and that you'll come back next week for more truth and hope. And if you'd like to know more about us, check out our websites. Those addresses are in the show notes. And hey, if this podcast encouraged you, it can probably encourage someone else. So please share it and share some hope.